With your Amex card, entertainment benefits like special ticket access and pre-sales to select can't-miss events while supplies last, make every tap music to your ears. The following is a high-five moment from HighFiveCasino.com. I won! Private, put down your phone. This is the army. Sarge, High Five Casino is a social casino. It's on your phone. goes wherever you go. I win free spins, cash, prizes, free daily rewards, over 1,200 games. I won again. Platoon, present cell phone. High Five. High Five. Casino. Casino. Win at HighFiveCasino.com. High Five Casino is a social casino. No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited. Play responsibly. Conditions apply. See website for details. High Five Casino. What if AI could help your business deliver mission-critical outcomes with speed? With IBM Consulting, your business can design, build, and scale trusted AI using Watson X and modernize the way you work to accelerate real impact. Let's create AI that transforms your business. Learn more at ibm.com consulting. IBM. Let's create. What's up, this your boy Lil Duval, and check out my podcast, Conversations with Unk, on the Black Effect Podcast Network. Each and every Tuesday, Conversations with Unk podcast feature casuals and in-depth talk about ebbs and flows of life and the pursuit of happiness. Unlike my work on stage, I tap into a more serious and sensitive side to give life advice and simply offer words of encouragement, yet remind folks to never forget to laugh. Every Tuesday, listen to Conversations with Unk, hosted by Lil Duval on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, or wherever you get your podcasts. Presented by AT&T. Connecting changes everything. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. You're listening to Fox Sports Radio. Fox Sports Radio, foxsportsradio.com, and iHeartRadio. Live from the Geico Studios, where 15 minutes can save you 15% or more in car insurance. More information, visit Geico. Well, tonight's the night. It is all coming to a head for the NBA playoffs. Mike Harmon has the night off. He is drunk somewhere in Chicago. If you see him, he's the guy, messy beer on his shirt, shorts, even though it's like negative 50 degrees out going, I think Mike Glennon's going to be great. So he'll be back in a couple of days. But let this be known today, and I mean specifically today. This day in sports, 2017. April 12th, 7.12 p.m. Pacific time. I am officially sick of the self-important Cubs. I'm done. You know, they were a great story last year, and it was so much love. Okay, you had 2016, and now we're just a few days into the regular season and I'm done with the oh look how important we are look Holy how great we are cow. oh we're we mean so much to baseball and so much to each other and the fact I'm done I'm done with the self-promotion the self-backslapping look this is what's happened in the last couple of days for the Chicago Cubs all right on Monday night they unveil their banner after a big rain delay in which they troll the Dodgers by showing not winning the World Series while the fans are waiting for the game to start on opening night in Wrigley Field. No, they show game six of the NLCS. 
So, yeah, we're going to let you live and sit through this, Dodgers. Especially, you got to sit and watch Kershaw getting rocked. Yeah, what a great troll job the Cubs did there for the Dodgers. But then we get to the, the, the opening ceremony, and they start showing Dancing with the Stars on the big screen, and David Ross's dance, and they put up the number on the screen to vote for David Ross. And then finally, all right, we're going to have the ceremony. They don't just raise the flag for 2016. They decide finally it's time to raise for its World Series triumphs in 1907 and 1908. And we're going to, of course, for the National League pennant in 2016. Ryan Sandberg comes by. Ferguson Jenkins comes by. Billy Williams is on hand. Let's celebrate how important we all are because this is more important than anything else in baseball. They put up the four flags, and then it comes time to put the 2016 flag up and Anthony Rizzo pulls to help the flag get up and then the other teammates all get their chance to pull the rope once so the flag gets all the way to the top then Rizzo comes out with the commissioner's trophy out of the field carrying it around it's like okay all right fine all right this is a little self-promotive but okay and then after they beat the Dodgers after a day off we had tonight Two nights ago, we raised the first World Series championship banner here at Wrigley Field. Tonight, we celebrate another historic milestone as we present the 2016 World Champions with their championship rings. Just in case you now, forgot, the World Champions. History, the first championship ring now, let's was hear the history in the 1920s following a tradition of presenting watches, stick pins. And here is a history of World Series rings for everybody because, you know, hey, we got them now, and we're so happy to have them. Here, the guy's still talking. Bring it back up. Never presented to Chicago <laughs> Cubs players. Yeah, we're not done. Going to keep talking. And it is undoubtedly the most anticipated. It's okay, Dodgers. You can wait a couple more minutes. You're, you sat through on Monday and we trolled you. Now you're going to sit through the, the ring ceremony again. We've been waiting since 1908. Look, the guy's still talking. I'm sure everything is still going on. Still reminding you. There you go. All happening. World champions with their so they come out. And they give the rings. Rob Manfred is there. And 20 fans selected from a contest get to present the rings to the players. You know what? I'm done. I'm done, Cubs. Now you've pissed me off. Now you went from being the feel-good story to just now, okay, enough. I I, got to think there's got to be some kind of ceremony before every home game this season. I really, you know, I, I, they're celebrating. I understand. But now it's let's make sure because it's just so special. We don't want this to end this relationship we have with everybody. Now, now, now you're just upsetting. Now you're on my time. You know, you're on your time, and that's fine. Now you're on my time. I mean, Golden Headphones, how do you feel? You're a Dodger fan. You, you finally get to watch a couple of games this year because oh, it's on TV. I was done with the Cubs last year in game six. <laughs> but I totally, totally agree with what you're saying here. Most people raise a banner and give out the rings on the same night. Who the hell needs two nights for that? No, no, we may need a third night. I may need more. Well, at the rate the Dodgers pitching is going, karma is working out just fine. But uh, just in case you forgot, it's been 108 years. There's 108 diamonds on their rings. Oh, and they gave out 1,908 rings to various employees, alumni, people who work for the team, everything. 
considering, you know, they won in 1908, the last time before they won in 2000. Did they give that goat one? Do we know? No, but they put the goat on the ring. Oh, I know. <laughs> they put the goat. The little goat is on the inside of the no, ring. No, that was actually David Ross. Oh, oh wait, wait. Can he still win Dancing with the Stars? Or, or, or can Mr. T win? I don't know, but is that weird that he got the loudest <laughs> ovation there tonight? Is that weird? Like, louder than Chris Bryant, yeah. Rizzo, Madden. Well, they love him. Some guys, some guys they just love. You know, some guy they they just have that kind of special relationship, and Ross was one of those guys. I he guess was it's like uh, like Meta World Peace, right? Well, because you know, many Cubs fans can't tell Rizzo and Brian apart. They have no idea. You put them, I guarantee the average Cub fan, you just put up a headshot of Rizzo and a headshot of Bryant, and they would go, uh, "No idea. I don't know." Oh no, Rizzo's the guy that bats lefty. And Bryant bats righty. And okay, yeah, now I get. But if you put them up, just, I guarantee you, half the Cub fans would go, mm, I know this one. I know this one. Wait a minute. That guy played in 1908, right? <laughs> that's what? what half of them would say. But that's a that's a great picture on the internet from 1908. This is fantastic. I, you know, now now it's just you, you, you've overkilled it. You've overkilled it. You give me something self-important that's way too much. And now it's okay. Now I've now I've turned on you. Now I want the Cubs to lose. Yeah, now, it's like it's like they've been forced down our throats like they're America's team out of nowhere. Oh. They've stunk for 100 years. And how many times we, we're going to get them on Sunday Night Baseball all the time this year? They're going to be absolutely everywhere. ESPN, they're going to shove the Cubs down our throats all season long. Oh, look, I get it. The Cubs are popular. They won the World Series. I understand. But now it's let's go complain. Like the Cubs are the only story. You know, we, we, have to, we have to continue to market the Cubs. The Cubs were special last year. And whatever you wanted to show going, that was it. But they've won. So now, how is this year going to be any more special than it was a year ago? Try We're going to all be on Cubs overload and be pissed off as hell because continuing to watch the Cubs. We're going to be sick of the Cubs. I'm sick of them now. Again, April 12th, 7-12 p.m. Pacific time. I'm sick of the Cubs. You will get there, too. Twitter at How About a Fresca, the Jason Smith Show. Jason. <laughs> Without Mike Harmon tonight, who I said is uh, enjoying his time in Chicago, he's not run on the field, uh, at least not yet. The Dodgers, <laughs> Dodgers enjoying a one nothing lead over the Cubs in the top of the ninth inning, and the Cubs could lose on ring ceremony night. Oh, instant karma's going to get you. So we'll keep you updated there. But tonight is a very big NBA night because the end of the regular season, we're seeing the playoff matchups are apparent. Last couple of games going on, last bit of drama, Sacramento and the Clippers, Spurs and Jazz is the team's battle for the number four seed in the Western Conference. All the other playoff seeds have been taken up, and we'll get to that coming up in about 10 minutes. But one or the other, huge storylines tonight, most likely for the final time, this introduction. Oh, you know, really? I don't get a second for Mello. You guys both suck. You guys, your tight shirt, you suck. Frostburg, you suck. I love the Cubs. Oh, I love the Cubs now, Frostburg. I love the Cubs so much. I want the Cubs to walk off with a win in the ninth inning now. Wow. <laughs> that escalated quickly. I love the Cubs. Carmelo Anthony, most likely his last game as a New York Nick, scored 17 points, played tonight. Was not supposed to play, sat out the last couple of games with a sorny, but decided to play because, look, he got six months to rest, and, and, you know, I'm just glad he didn't get hurt because now the Knicks can trade him. 
most likely the Knicks are going to move on from him in the offseason, and in case it was his last game, he wanted to play against the 76ers. He scored 17 points, sat out the fourth quarter. The crowd chanted, mellow, mellow, mellow. And for the Knicks and the Sixers, of course, two teams this bad, it came down to the final seconds. Stauskas guarded by Randall. Tries a long three. No! And the Knicks have won the ball game. 114 to 113 on a Maurice Endor two-pointer from 15 feet away with under six seconds left. Knicks Radio Network on the call. So the Knicks win, and now what for Carmelo Anthony? It was, I'll, I'll tell you what, it was nice to see him at the end of the game. He was signing autographs for fans. He was giving out memorabilia to fans at the end of the game, knowing likely this is it for him in New York. But if it is, and like I said, it probably is, because the team they're going to trade him to in the offseason is the Clippers. You know, look, I always said Phil Jackson, as bad as he's been for the Knicks, he's executive of the bleeping year if he could somehow trade Melo. But what's going to happen is this. The Clippers are going to lose in the first round of the playoffs, and they're going to realize we need a new mix because with three All-Stars, we can't get out of the first round. Anthony almost came to the Clippers at the trade deadline. He will get there this offseason because the Clippers will realize we have to do something different. So they'll trade. So they'll trade. They'll trade for. They'll trade for Mello. Uh, wait. Well, let's ask James Dolan. James, will will, will Mello go to the Clippers? Will that trade happen? Ask Phil. <laughs> All, right. <laughs> All right, Frostburg. Try to get Phil Jackson on. So that's going to happen. It's absolutely going to happen. And when you look at the Mello era in New York, I love Mello. You know how I feel about him. Syracuse guy. He brought me my only championship. I don't count the lacrosse stuff. Brought me my only championship. I love Mello. The entire Carmelo Anthony era in New York, the best way to sum it up, it was a waste. It was a waste. It was missed opportunities on both sides. Neither side capitalized on having Carmelo be a Nick. He was supposed to be the star that was going to draw other stars and be Mr. New York. That's what he was supposed to be. But when he came in, he didn't get anybody great to come along. So the Knicks weren't able to build. His style of play wasn't going to make the Knicks any better. It was going to be a great individual achievement possibilities for Carmelo Anthony. But look, he doesn't play well off of people. He wasn't getting out of the first round of the playoffs with Denver before. He's a scorer. That's what he was. He's not a complete player. He wasn't a guy playing defense. He was a guy that could light it up. That's what Carmelo Anthony did, and he did well. But the Knicks never found a way to get the right players around him, and he never figured out a way to adjust his game to better off the team. He wasn't going to make them better. He wasn't going to make anybody else better. He's an odd fit for any team. He's a guy you plop in and go, okay, now what do we do? Now how are we gonna how do we get him the ball? He needs it in isolation. He needs the ball in his hands. You know, he needs it. He's a streaky shooter. He's got to shoot 26 times a night. How do we do? He's a very odd fit because he's very one-dimensional. You saw this when Lynn Sanity exploded. When Jeremy Lynn came about, it was, look at Jeremy Lynn leading the Knicks to win after win, and, and Melo was an afterthought. It was, how can you coexist with Jeremy Lynn? That was the biggest red light that was out there. It was, wait a minute, he's turned Carmelo into a, a second citizen in New York. And you, you realize that this guy, Jeremy Lin and Lin Sanity, was making the Knicks better, and Melo was just, okay, here's a game where Melo plays great and they win. Here's a game where he shoots 7 for 30 and they lose. Then the Knicks could have gotten out. They could have gotten out of Melo's contract 
They could have moved on, but Phil Jackson, for some reason, decides, let's give him $125 million. Inexplicably, let's do this for Mello. When they should have just let him go to the Bulls, they could have let him go, and they could have signed new superstars or better guys that would fit in in New York, and it would have worked. But he said, let's give Mello all that money. And Hey, guess what, Mello? We're going to force feed you into the triangle. Good luck with that. And then the Knicks were a mess, and Derek Fisher gets fired. Mello never knew what his role was. Mello never knew if they were bringing people in. Every game it was, Mello, why do you guys think? Mello, why do you guys think? Then it was, Mello, are you getting traded? Are you getting traded? And it was awful. Had they moved on from Mello when they could have a couple of years ago, things would be better. But now they got to figure out a way to get out of his contract with a couple of years left and trade him. It was all a, a hamster on a wheel. Carmelo Anthony's entire tenure in New York, and now they're exactly where they are before they got mellow. It was just wasted years for him. It was wasted years for the Knicks, and it was missed opportunities. That's the Carmelo Anthony era. 877-99 on Fox Twitter. At How About a Fresca, that's Twitter. At How About a Fresca. But I still love you, Melo, for 2003. I still love you. Coming up next, Adam Silver. It is time for you to be a man after what we saw in the NBA tonight. The Jason Smith Show, Fox Sports Radio. I'm a man. I'm 40. At least he'll be here in L.A. next year for the Clippers. I'll always have 2003. You guys think you're upsetting me, and until I key your car, you will not know how much. Farewell, Carmelo. I'm very, very excited about it. Shut up, Tim. Tim, shut up. Fox Sports Radio, the Jason Smith Show. Jason, Mike Harmon, not with me tonight. Drunk somewhere in Chicago. But if I'm trying to match Carmelo Anthony and the Clippers, whoa. I'll go do that at Match.com. Dating can be difficult, so can finding a trade partner, especially when Melo's owed all that money. He's a weapon. So if you're not using Match, you are missing out. Start searching and connecting for free today at Match.com. That's Match.com, 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 M-A-T-C-H.com. Do it! Hey, think about it this way. If Phil Jackson can find a trade partner for Carmelo Anthony, you can meet someone. Ask Phil. No matter who you are. (laughs) You'll be able to meet somebody. He's got to wake up on that bus first. <laughs> Phil probably missed the whole game because he was sleeping. Totally. Oh, I missed. What happened? Did we win? Was it the playoffs yet? Oh, it's oh oh. No, oh, Phil, you didn't right. make it again. Oh. <laughs> uh, just seconds ago, where have I seen this before? The Dodgers lead the Cubs two nothing in the ninth inning, and the Cubs make some little league type plays. I'll tell you what, on a strikeout. Contreras can't control the ball, so he tries to throw it down to first base to get the out. Chase Utley was already on first base. He takes off for second. Contreras throws wild. He doesn't set and throw when he he could have. So he throws the ball wild to first base. Rizzo can't track it down. Chase Utley comes all the way around to score from first. There is a close play at the plate. Utley slides in. Safe to make it 2-0. And on the play... Hector Rondon, the Cubs' closer, leaves with an undisclosed injury. Hmm. Utley sliding into a base, and somebody leaves injured. Wait a minute. No, no, no. I know it's happened. So hang on. No, don't tell me. Don't tell me. Don't tell me. It's broke. Don't tell it's me. Broke. No, wait. No, wait, when broke. did it happen before? It's broke. Uh, it's broke. It's broke. Now, you know what? It'll come to me. It, it, it'll come to me when that happens. Uh, we actually have audio 
of the slide. So, again, this is audio you're only going to hear right here at Fox Sports Radio. It's broke. It's broke. It's broke. It's broke. It's broke. It's broke. You know what's going to happen? If Hector Rondon has broken something, you guys are both going to hell. You're both going to hell. Tytrick, you and Frostburg will be at the same table in hell, sitting next to each other going, boy, we probably shouldn't have played that. It's broke all the time. I have timeshare. Yeah, I got a spot right next to him. We're good. Yeah, but you're going to hell this soon after Passover. That's that's bad. No, I'm good. I ate my matzah. No, it doesn't matter. Yeah, it is. No, no, it doesn't. Wait, if you eat matzah, you can do anything? You better believe it. I didn't know that. I can key your car and get away with it. (laughs) It's the healing powers of matzah. Tom Brady had it at halftime. (laughs) That's what Tom Brady has. Yeah, I like that. Uh, Tweet of the night so far from Eric that says, Jason, if the Dodgers win this game tonight, they need to replay this game on the first time they play the Cubs in L.A. during batting practice. Let's play the ninth inning of the game where Rondon gets hurt and Chase Utley slides into home plate and scores a run. That's winning right there, I'll tell you what. A big night in the NBA playoffs. We talked about Mello. (laughs) See, that doesn't really go together because we're talking playoffs. Uh, We talked about Mello's final game. With the Knicks, likely his final game Goodbye. a few minutes ago. But meanwhile, drama for the eighth seed in the East <gasps> due to rest. What a great comeback by this Miami Heat team. Started 11 and 30. They closed 30 and 11 and will end the season up with a record of 500. 110 102, the final score, as Miami beats Washington and sweeps the four game season series. Fred Hoiberg headed to the playoffs for the first time in his two-year coaching career. The Bulls will finish 41-41. and 41. Bulls win at 112-73. Bulls win. Bulls win. Bulls win. And the regular season is over, and the Chicago Bulls are headed to the playoffs. Stop, Bulls. Heat and the Bulls both tied at 41-41 and 41 for the eighth seed, but the Bulls are the tiebreaker, so the Heat are eliminated. But why? Did the Bulls win? Well, this is because the Nets, as we talked about last night, rested six of their best players for no reason tonight. Why are you resting the final game of the regular season? You got six months of rest coming up. But no, no, no. The Nets decided we're going to sit our guys, which had to play really well in Miami. So the Nets get thumped. We're never in the game. As you heard the final score, 112-73. The Bulls get to go to the playoffs, and the Heat despite maybe being the best team in the NBA the second half of the season. I mean, 30-11 was a really big deal. They were awful the first half of the year. They closed 30-11 and and can't make the playoffs because the Bulls are handed a game. Now, maybe the Bulls win anyway. It's the Nets, and they stink. But just the fact the Nets decide they're going to sit there, guys, this has to be the moment. Adam Silver, grow a spine. Step out from under the players' shadows. Because right now the players look at you as you're a puppet. You have a good reputation because the players know we can do whatever we want to. And Adam Silver is going to say, well, yup, 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 sure, yup, yup, we'll do it, yup, yup, yup. Step up. Have a press conference and say, all right, you know what? This nonsense stops now. I was going to help everybody. But you know what? Back-to-backs are going to happen. And the fact that you're making a mockery of the games whether it's you, LeBron James, or you, Brooklyn, or you, Milwaukee, resting all your guys too. Greek Freak didn't play tonight in a game that, that mattered in the Eastern Conference. It doesn't because Boston wins. They get the number one seed in the Eastern Conference because Milwaukee decides to rest all their guys going to the last game of the regular season. All this rest when games mean something. This is when Adam Silver needs to say, you know what? Here's what happens. 
There's going to be two new rules next year, and if you don't like it, screw you. If you're a healthy scratch, if you're a starter, if you're a guy that's going to play and you are a healthy scratch, you're getting fined. If you think you need rest, you're getting fined. It's going to be a big fine. I'll find you a game check. I'll find you more than that because you are now killing the NBA and its reputation with all of this rest. And if you want to make up an injury, if you finish the last game healthy and, oh, you're resting because it's the second night of back-to-backs and it's a groin injury or something, we are getting you independently examined by a doctor. And if the doctor says you are healthy, you're playing. And if you're not playing, you're fine just as much as you were before. This is what Adam Silver's got to do because now you're at the end of the season where the integrity of the games are all taken into account. And can you imagine this happening in baseball or football? where a game really means something at the end of somebody and a team says, yeah, no, we're not going to play our guys. Why? Yeah, no reason. We're just not going to do it. I mean, the, net, the Nets sitting six players, three are kind of dinged up, three are healthy. That should be the final straw. That should be it because this is no longer about rest. This is not because the final, you have all kinds of time. This is now about something else. You know, I, this is where, if you are Mickey Arison, you are in the commissioner's office tomorrow and saying, what, what was done? Look at what was done. You can't allow this. And Adam Silver's got to stand up. He doesn't want to do it because, he li- like I said, he likes being liked. He likes coming out people saying, oh, look at this. What a great commissioner. But you know what? you got to be a commissioner. You know, we mentioned this last night on the show a little bit. Adam Silver is like the parent who doesn't want to get involved in any kind of confrontation with their kid. So the kid just keeps testing boundaries and pushing boundaries and seeing what they can get away with. And pretty soon the kid's out of control. And you can, and now, because the parent decides, I just want to be my kid's friend and I don't want to get involved in any discipline. Eventually you got to be a parent. And Adam Silver has to be a parent and be the guy to say, all right, you know what? Now this is with an iron hand. It's fines and you're going to play. And I don't care if it's back-to-back because now what we said we're going to look at in the offseason, you've decided to make it even worse the last week of the regular season. Twitter at How About a Fresca. Twitter at How About a Fresca, the Jason Smith Show. Jason, Mike Harmon live from the Geico Studios. Mike Harmon with the night off. Coming up in one minute, going to preview all the big stories in the NFL from today with someone who's going to be in tomorrow night with me for four hours. Who is it? Find out in a minute. Fox Sports Radio, the Jason Smith Show. Live from the Geico Studios, call 1-800-947-AUTO. Find out how much you can save on auto insurance. We'll have more on the NBA. We'll take a look at the first-round series, including the only one that really matters, coming up in about 15 minutes. But joining me now on the hotline, man is going to be sitting next to me tomorrow night for four hours. He's going to buy pizza and wings and soda, and we're going to have dancing girls. Ephraim Salam, 13-year NFL vet. Ephraim, what's happening? What's good, man? That sounds like a uh, strip club, not a radio show. Well, wait, you know, we have a little bit of different atmosphere at night. Oh, okay. Well, let's uh, pull out. I got, I got a uh, portable pole in the storage. Should I bring that? Do you really have a portable pole? Wow. Uh, absolutely. All right, hang on. The uh, ceiling in here is probably about eh, seven and a half feet. The ceiling it's is adjustable. This is adjustable. Oh, okay. Don't even worry about it. Oh, no. <laughs> Oh, it's got an adjustable pole. Tomorrow night's going to be off the hook. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's all good. It's all good. All right, very good. We don't need to talk sports tomorrow night. Just whatever you want to just come out of here, whatever you want to do. <laughs> we'll just turn the don't cameras be old, on. man. I can't wait. We'll turn the mics on, whatever it is. There's no NBA games. We're fine. It's all good tomorrow right, night. Right. We're good. 
We got free time tomorrow. <laughs> but we also we need. I, I mean, we need the pizza and the wings. I mean, just. I mean, we, we're gonna need. I, don't both worry those about that. that. That that comes with the poll. Oh, oh really? See now yes, that with the poll. That sounds like something. Like hey, at this strip club, you know, come to nude, nude, nude with every poll, pizza and wings. Every poll gets a wing. Oh, I, I gotta write. I gotta. Oh, you gotta patent that idea. Someone's gonna steal that. <laughs> That's gonna be up on a marquee somewhere in Chatsworth pretty soon. I know, right? <laughs> Hey, uh, let's talk a little football here for a couple minutes. So, yeah, we're obviously, we'll talk a lot of it tomorrow night on the show. But big dilemma the last 24 hours. You saw the breaking story last night. The Browns are deciding, allegedly, uh, between Miles Garrett and Mitch Trubisky at number one. Look, I get mm-hmm. how good Miles Garrett is. I understand. But if you if you really like Trubisky and you really think he's your guy, I think you have to take the quarterback at number one because – that's the position that's going to get everything done for your team. You can get a defensive end. You can get somebody that can sack the quarterback. But if you really like him, I think that's what you have to do. Yeah, man. For any other normal team, that would be exactly right sentiment. <laughs> okay? So you're thinking about conventional wisdom and and being above board and having some success with your picks and your thoughts at that position. So you have to uh, alleviate the Browns from that train of thought, okay? My advice to them would be, if you think that's the quarterback, don't pick him. <laughs> pick the defensive line. I am dead serious. I am 100% serious. That's kind if, of... you think, <laughs> if you think he's the guy, don't do it. Period. You take him with the first pick in the draft, what you're going to do is you're going to put him in a situation where he won't be able to win. Number one, I'll I tell you why. i tell you exactly why. Because he's going to be the first pick in the draft. What is the first thing everybody's going to say? He's our guy. He's ready to go. Let's do it. He's, our, he's the quarterback of the future. If he gets to camp and he's not ready, which is possible, everybody, what people don't understand is all these kids coming out of college, no matter when you're drafted, everyone develops at a different pace. So all number one picks aren't ready to go right away. They're just not. We were in, in 06 when they took Mario Williams first. His rookie year was, you know, he wasn't a breakout star like the Freak or anybody like that. It took him a year, a year and a half to get himself going, and then he spent eight years getting double-digit sacks. So for everybody, it's a little bit different. They haven't had success at the quarterback position. So I wouldn't want to put that type of pressure on this young man. What I would do is I would get me somebody who can get to the opposing team's quarterback no matter what the weather, no matter what the situation. You could take a young defensive end and say, hey, look, man, you see that ball? Get that ball. That's all they have to worry about. Now, when you start looking like – because even if he's not ready and they, you know, have these guys in front of him, he just, you know – hanging around, everybody's going to be like, well, put him in, put him in. We just saw it happen in, in Los Angeles. So put him in. It's time. Why would you draft him? Don't put, don't do that to him. If I was that kid, I'd be like, please don't draft me. Please. I'd be like, please, please, please don't do that to me. Please let me just, just don't do it. Don't do it. I would recommend, I, I hope the Browns are listening, don't take this kid at quarterback. Go get your quarterback in the fourth fifth round, someone you think has talent and a lot of upside, and try to really develop him where he doesn't have that pressure 
of a number one pick behind his name. You know when I use that philosophy of whatever you think, do the opposite? When I get in line yeah. in a store. When I, whatever line I right. think is going to be the line that moves fastest, I always go, nope, I'm going to go to the other line because I'm always wrong. That's when I use that <laughs> philosophy. <laughs> the Browns need to, they need to adopt that philosophy because, what is it, 23, 23 quarterbacks in the last however long? In the last they three. Did five last, they did five last year, didn't they? Oh, I think it's 23 in the last uh, three months. I think it's what it is. Good Lord. They can't do it. And, I, you know, I love Hugh Jackson. I love what he's doing, but you, you, you can't do it. Don't do it. Whatever you do, don't do it. Ephraim, Sala- Ephraim Salam with us here, Fox Sports Radio. The Jason Smith Show be in with me tomorrow night as we talk more football like this. But let me let me throw this at you now because, as I've said when this story came out, if you're, cho- if you're stuck between the quarterback and the defensive end, if you believe in the quarterback because the quarterback's got to be a gut feel, take the quarterback. Now, if I'm picking at number one and you leave it up to me, the guy I'm taking is Leonard Fournette. I'm not gonna. I'm, I'm not gonna miss out on a franchise player. I'm not gonna miss out on a guy that could be the next Adrian Peterson. Especially if you're the Browns and you're building like the Cowboys. You're building through your offensive line. You do, you need identity. You need a franchise player. And sure, is you know, is anybody at number one a sure thing? Fournette got injured, but man, I'll tell you what. You go back in the draft, Adrian Peterson would be the number one pick with a bullet. I'm not gonna miss out on a guy that could be that good. And I'm also not going to miss on a guy that's going to give me an identity right away, which the Browns haven't had an identity in years. That's true, and and, and that, that's a good pick. Like that, that's a good pick. That's a safe pick. And right now, the Browns need to be safe. They don't need to be crazy. All right. As bad as Brock Osweiler is, he's still on the roster. He's you know, you don't need to start. Okay, we're going to draft this kid. He'll play behind Osweiler. It's not one of those types of situations, right? Roll the dice. You, you went and traded whatever you were trying to do with the, with the whole Brock Osweiler thing. We understand you got a bunch of picks, you got all kinds of stuff. Start building your team, right? Start. You need someone other than Joe Thomas, right? Just block, right? Somebody else got to, you know, be a outstanding offensive lineman for you. There's so many. Uh, uh, a positions you can address because they pretty much need everything except the left tackle. There's so many positions you can address. Don't just go for the quarterback right now because, or even trade. I would trade the first pick. Why not? Why wouldn't you get a couple quality players and move back in the draft? Why wouldn't you do that? Follow on Twitter. That's, that 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 makes sense to me. <laughs> we'll trade him for Kirk Cousins or Garoppolo. What, I, they should have. I would have did that in a heartbeat. We're gonna have fun tomorrow night. Up. You and I are gonna have a Proven lot of fun tomorrow night. Proven commodity, man. Like we, we, and look, the Browns can, the Browns cannot afford to roll the dice at a, a, a rookie quarterback. They can't do it. Can't they do screwed it. the pooch way too many times. They just, I mean, it's it's impossible. And if anybody's thinking that, then they need to be sent in set in the corner. You got to go. <laughs> Stand in the corner for 10 minutes. 13-year NFL vet, current Fox Sports 1 insider, analyst. Follow him on Twitter, at Ephraim Salam. That's at Ephraim Salam. And tomorrow night, pizza, wings, and a portable pole yeah. in this studio. Ephraim, <laughs> I can't wait, buddy. See you tomorrow night. All right, man. He's got a portable pole. I got it in my garage. I'll just bring it in. It's okay. It's all good.
Twitter at how about a fresca eight seven seven ninety nine on Fox the Jason Smith Show here at Fox Sports Radio. Mike Harmon has the night off. We'll have more NFL on the way, but coming up next with the playoff pairing set, there really is only one first round series you need to pay attention to. Everything else is just window dressing. One series and one series only. What is it? Find out. Fox. Strippers are people, too. Dear NBA, I'm sorry you guys want stuff like cohesiveness and an honest effort on the final night of the regular season, but we're just going to rest our players because we don't really care. Hit me back. It's the Bucks and the Nets. P.S. Should have let Pop sit him too. Fox Sports Radio, the Jason Smith Show. Live from the Geico Studios. Good news, good news. There's a quick way you can save money. Switch to Geico. Go to geico.com and in 15 minutes you can save 15% or more on car insurance. On a night when the Bucks and the Nets especially make a mockery of the final night of the regular season in the NBA, it's time for Adam Silver to be an adult, to be a parent, and to step in and say, okay, this resting, sitting players for no reason really needs to stop. I mean, the Bucks, they wanted to sit their guys against the Celtics because, they, you know, look, they clinched their seed, and, hey, they're going to be dangerous in the first round. Watch out for the Bucks. But you kind of owe an honest effort to be able to put your best team out there for one night. You have three days off until the playoffs begin. You have plenty of time. You got time off. You could play. When a, when a team is playing for something, you owe it to give that kind of effort. It happens in baseball. It happens in the National Football League. You got to do it. There's no excuse for the Nets sitting there, <laughs> top six guys, for rest. They're out of the playoffs. They got six months of rest coming up. This is where Adam Silver needs to be an adult and step in. Luckily, though, for the NBA, the playoffs are coming. And as you can see, every first-round series has been decided. The last two games, last three games, going on right now, you got Sacramento and the Clippers. The Clippers lead 53-47. Uh, second half just starting right now with a win. The Clippers will claim the four seed. Right now, Utah has the four seed after they won tonight over the San Antonio Spurs. Golden State doesn't look like the Lakers are going to finish on a six-game win streak. They lead the Lakers 64-50. And everybody's favorite underachieving team, the Portland Trailblazers, tied with New Orleans 53-53 at halftime. All the first-round series, we know everybody that's going to play. Golden State-Portland. Ah, that might be fun because Portland's kind of Golden State light. They got a backcourt. They got two guys that score 50 points in a game, and still they win 40 games. I mean, come on, really? You know, Alan Crabb is pretty good. He needs to play more minutes. That's where you are. You know, San Antonio-Memphis, that's going to be nice. Jazz and the Clippers, that'll be fun. The Jazz are going to be in the playoffs. They'll probably win that series. Then you go to the East, you got the Celtics and the Bulls. That'll be fun. Cleveland, Indiana, Lance Stevenson's going to be blowing in LeBron James's ear. Raptors and the Bucks, Wizards and the Hawks. Yeah, that's all great. We should just have people vote who makes it to the second round of the playoffs and all those other series. Just have people vote or just take the higher-seeded team. We don't need it because all of these games are going to take us away from the only series that really matters. There is one series in the first round, and that's it. 
Everything else is window dressing. Everything else is just, oh, yeah, and in other news, this happened today. Because in the first round of the playoffs, we're getting the Rockets and the Thunder. We're getting Harden and Westbrook. And if it could happen, I'd love to see Adam Silver. I'd like to see Adam Silver do a lot of things. But I'd like to see him stay up and go, okay, you know what? Hey, MVP voters, you're all off the hook. We're not going to have you vote for MVP. Not going to have to worry about defending your vote. No, no, no. We'll just give the MVP to whoever leads their team to a first-round series victory. If the Rockets beat the Thunder, Harden gets it. If the Thunder win, Westbrook gets it. And I say this, you know me. Westbrook should be the MVP. It should be unanimous. But I'm okay if you want to do it that way. There's one series. It's Harden-Westbrook. All the debating, all the mental anguish that Harden and Westbrook and all the players have about, oh, that should be the MVP. This should be what the MVP is. This should be why the MVP is there. All that stuff going on. All Because people care so much in the NBA about winning the MVP, more so than any other sport. I've never seen Aaron Rodgers and Tom Brady go back and forth about, well, you know, to be the MVP, you got to play in more games. And, you know, Tom missed four games. I think I'm the MVP. Oh, I don't, I don't know. You never see it anywhere else. So at least we're going to see it here. Settle it on the court. Let everybody go. Don't worry about voting. You can sit and vote away. In fact, players, you want to do that ridiculous, crazy-ass thing at the end of the year where you give out your own vote? Fine. Fine. But that's not going to matter. We're going to give the MVP to whoever wins between Harden and Westbrook. Game one, Sunday night on TNT. That's all we need. 877-99 on Fox Twitter. At How About a Fresca. Twitter. At How About a Fresca. The Jason Smith Show live from the Geico Studios. We'll have more NBA coming up next. Chris Broussard stops by. He's got an MVP vote. We'll talk the future for Carmelo Anthony. And, oh boy, the Nets embarrassing the NBA beyond belief. Next, Fox. Hour two of the program, the Jason Smith Show. Mike Harmon with the night off. He is drunk somewhere in Chicago. And I say somewhere because, I mean, I really, I, I just don't know at this point. Three games left in the NBA regular season. Portland on top of New Orleans, 64-58. Nine and a half minutes to go in the third quarter. Portland will open up against the Golden State Warriors. Congratulations. Meanwhile, Golden State telling the Lakers, you're not going to finish on a six-game win streak. Sorry. You won five in a row to really screw yourself with ping pong balls, but you're not getting that W tonight. Golden State over the Lakers, 70-52. to This one, nine minutes to go in the third quarter. And the only game that means anything right now, the Clippers lead Sacramento 69-61. If the Clippers win, they vault over the Jazz into fourth place in the Western Conference, meaning they will have home court advantage in their first round series against the Jazz. I didn't see the Clippers saying, oh, you know, we got to rest our best players because, uh, you know, for home court advantage doesn't mean anything. So, you know, we have that going on. Clippers. Jazz, first round of the playoffs, that's the only thing that is still at stake. Of course, the big drama tonight, we've talked about it. The Milwaukee Bucks going to Boston with Boston needing to win to secure the number one seed. The Bucks rest three of their best players, and Boston comes away with a victory. Even worse, the Nets sit six of their best players, three healthy scratches for God knows what reason. They don't put up a fight against the Chicago Bulls. The Bulls win 112-73. They take the eighth seed in the Eastern Conference. Meanwhile, the Miami Heat, 
who closed the season on a 30-11 and run, are left outside of the playoffs looking in. Maybe if the Nets play their guys, the Chicago Bulls still win anyway because it is the Nets. So it's not like somebody, oh my God, it's not like somebody really good. Like if, if Nets, if you're playing Brooke Lopez and a couple other guys, you'd be fine. But still, when you have this much at stake in the NBA and you just lay down the final game, oh boy. Joining me now on the hotline to break it all down, no one better. Fox Sports 1, Fox Sports Radio, NBA insider Chris Broussard. Chris, th- this net situation with the Heat and the Bulls, Eric Spolster already said tonight it's just like getting bounced in the finals as bad as this is, not making the playoffs. This is when Adam Silver's got to stand up and say, okay, I get resting guys back-to-backs, but here you are. You know, you've thrown the integrity of the game into question because you decide to not compete on a final game of the regular season. That means everything to a couple of teams. Yeah, it's just out and out disrespect. I mean, he just had the meeting April 6th with the Board of Governors, right? They're going to address this, and then you've got teams doing this. Look, I'm generally, as much as I'm against players resting when they're healthy during the season, I really don't mind it the last week or two. You know, like Cleveland, okay, you're sitting a few guys, you're getting, getting rid of all the aches and pains and bruises, so you can go into the playoffs healthy, sit a few games. Okay, I get it. But the Nets, you're about to have, what, May, June, July, August, you're about to have four and a half, five months off. What in the world are you doing? And I don't want to hear anything about I want to let the young players play and see what we got. If you had started that three or four weeks ago, I would understand it. But the, you're not getting anything out of one game. You're not going to see who can hoop out of one game. I mean, come on. This is, this is ridiculous. I mean, it's hard to say this is worse than some of the other things we've seen with Cleveland and Golden State sitting on national televised games. But this just makes no sense, and this is what bothers me with the whole rest thing. I mean, Cleveland, they talk about the science. The dad is telling us to rest. Well, why in the world is LeBron James playing 37 minutes a game in his 14th season leading the league in minutes if rest is so important? Why did he play 52 minutes against the Pacers the other night, 47 minutes in their last, you know, against Atlanta? Why is he playing 37 minutes and blowout games if rest is so important? Why has Tristan Thompson played 447 straight games if you got to rest every once in a while? That's the problem. This, it may, there's no rhyme or reason to this resting. It's just teams kind of doing it willy-nilly. And um, I, I would like to see Silver get this thing under control. I know it's a tough thing to do. You hate to tell coaches who to play, how much to play them. But this is, I really think the fans are the only ones who, you know, with the final say, unless the league just cuts the number of games at some point. But even then, I bet you the data, even if they cut to 65 games, I bet you the data would say you should rest every once in a while. <laughs> of course they're going to I mean, still want to rest. You know, yeah. <laughs> the data, the data, I'm, you know how far behind I am on my sleep according to the data? I mean, I should be dead according to the data. All right? <laughs> I mean, come on, it's a joke. It's a joke. You don't live your life, as my man Colin Cowher said, you don't live your life out of a beaker. All right, cut the science lesson. Let, let's stop it with the science. All right, these guys are athletes. Play the game. 
You know, the thing is, Chris, I've done back-to-back-to-back shows this week. I tried to get tomorrow off. My boss has said no. I can't believe it. I don't know how you're still doing it, man. (laughs) And you sound refreshed. I mean, you're a real pro, man. I can't believe what you're doing. (laughs) I'll tell you what. You know what I'd like to see Adam Silver do? Because this is embarrassing to him. Because, as you said, he just talked about it. I would like to see him come out and say, okay, you know what now? Now you've embarrassed the game. From now on, here's the law. If you're healthy, if you finish the last game healthy, you play. If you don't play, you're fine. If you say you're injured and you leave the last game healthy and you're injured, you're dinged up, and it's the second night of a back-to-back, you get examined by an independent doctor. If he can't find an injury, Mm. you play. And if you don't play, then you get fined. Because at this point, he's got to be tough. Because he's tried to be buddy-buddy with the players. Yeah, and he's, tried, he's yeah. tried to do that because he wants to be liked. He doesn't want to be David yeah. Stern at the end. He wants to be liked. But he's got you know, I say he's got to be a parent. You know, you want to be buddy-buddy with your kids, but at some point you don't like to do it. you got to be a parent and say, all right, this silliness has to stop. Because the Nets are really the straw that broke the camel's back on it. Yeah, I, I don't know if Adam has it in him. I mean, I really don't. David Stern, look, I think David Stern was the best commissioner in American pro sports. Um, and he was a bully. Sometimes it takes that. You know, you can't be worried about who likes you. Um, you're making tons of money for these players. You're helping them make tons of money. Um, you got to lay down the law, but it's hard midstream. You know what I mean? When you've been the buddy-buddy, when you've been the player's coach, it's hard to all of a sudden become hardcore, you know? <laughs> and, um, I, you know, this is going to be interesting to see how this plays out. Um, I, I don't – it's a tough thing to answer. I mean, you, you painted a scenario. I think the independent doctor thing is really good because obviously teams would just start making up injuries. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think he has to let the players know, look, if you want to cut the season, let's cut it. But you're going to get your salary cut too. And if you're fine with that, I'm fine with it. Let's do it. If not, if they want 82 games worth of money, which is what they want, then you could maybe bring in an independent doctor. Um, that That's something that I haven't heard, and I like that. That would that certainly would be a way to, you know, deal with the fake injuries. Because this is just disrespectful to the fans. It's disrespectful to the game. And that, look, I will say this. The Nets owe Miami nothing. All right? Miami started 11-30. and 30. That's their own fault. You know, Miami probably rested some players. I don't have their schedule in front of me, but I'm sure they probably rested some guys here and there and lost a game or two because of it. So I I don't think, you know, Brooklyn owes them anything. But to your point, just from an objective standpoint, as an observer, it makes it look bad. I mean, you know how much money teams make when they have home playoff games, you know? And so – there are careers that, that rest on things like that. And so when you've got teams just blatantly, you know, thumbing their nose at the process, I mean, this regular season has been so devalued, it's unbelievable. Fox Sports Radio, the Jason Smith Show, breaking it down with Chris Broussard here on Fox Sports Radio. All right, uh, another big story from the NBA tonight. Carmelo Anthony actually played. We thought he was going to sit in what is, could be his finale with the New York Knicks. He scores 17 points. He sits in the fourth quarter. He signs autographs after the game is over. Is this really it? If you know People you talk to, everything, is this really going to be it for Melo in New York? I don't think it's guaranteed. I think it's likely. I don't know if likely. I think it's very possible. Let's put it that way. 
Melo is only going to wave his no-trade clause for certain teams. You know, Boston, but I don't think Boston wants him. Um, the Clippers, that could be a possibility. Uh, the Clippers, we know they talked to the trade deadline. That's certainly something that could happen. Uh, obviously, Cleveland, but, you know, how much does he help them? Um, so, I don't think it's guaranteed. And Melo's not just going to be like, trade me wherever you want. Um, I don't know that he's going to ring chase, maybe. Uh, but I'm not – that's not a certainty. This is the thing with Melo. If you look at him, I think he's accepted what he is with his career. He's, a, he's in his 14th year, all right? Most players don't even play that long, uh, including stars. So I think he's accepted where he's at. He's going to be a Hall of Famer. Um, he probably you – know, even if he wins a championship, he's not leading a team to a championship. You know, it depending on the situation – you know, the, when you think of Gary Payton, do you think of that title he won in Miami? You know, <laughs> you think of Alonzo Mourning? You think of that title he won, you know, with Shaq and Wade carrying him? I mean, you know, they're great, all-time great players, but they were great before they won the title. Um, so I think Melo is really setting himself up for his post-playing career, which still is a couple years away. But, you know, I think he's shown great maturity and really got garnered a lot of respect for his intelligent takes on the social justice issues and, you know, things like that that he's talked about. He was the one that spearheaded LeBron and Chris Paul and D-Wade and him, you know, at the SB standing up and making their statement. When, when Phil Jackson acted very immature in criticizing Melo in articles and in interviews and things like that, Melo took the high road, showed a lot of class. So I think he's really positioned himself to be a great ambassador for the game once he's done playing. And obviously New York is one of the better places to do that in. So I don't think he's just leaving just to leave. I think it's going to have to be a situation that he likes. And if the Knicks can find that situation, I think he'll, he'll willingly move on. All right, Chris, conversation you and I have had basically since – the beginning of December here on the show when you and I are doing stuff together when we're on doing shows together elsewhere on the network. You have an MVP vote. It's all wrapped up now. Is it Russell Westbrook? Is it James Harden? Is it Porzingis? Is it Willie Hernan Gomez? (laughs) Who's your vote go to? (laughs) Um, I turned in my votes last night. I didn't need to see another game when everybody's sitting out anyway. Um, But I went with Harden. I mean, I'm sorry, with Westbrook. I went with Westbrook, number one, Harden, two, Kawhi, LeBron, and then Isaiah Thomas, five. Um, I just think what he's done is phenomenal. I've talked to scouts around the league. The ones I've talked with went with Westbrook. Um, I've talked with some former players, a couple of MVPs, Shaq and, and Michael Jordan. They told me they go with Westbrook. Um and I, my own decision, even if they, if they had said otherwise, I still would have went with Russ. I just think the triple-double is, come on. I mean, you know, Jason, <laughs> we never thought we'd see it. Let's no. see it. LeBron James himself went on, you know, uninterrupted his uh, social network and himself said we never thought we'd see this. This is, the, this is the one guy everybody thought might be able to do it. And let's be honest, all the haters in the media that are trying to belittle the triple-double – if it were LeBron doing it, I think they'd be going crazy about it. You know, this he's the GOAT. He's better than Michael. Michael never did this. I mean, I just think I don't like the – I think it's some disrespect toward Russ 
I don't know if it's rooted in the fact that he's not all cuddly with the media, all you know, giggle, kicks and giggles with the media and all that stuff. Um, but I have to give him his respect. I think this is incredible. I think it's more, with all due respect to the Big O, who is obviously an all-time great player, I think it's more difficult to get a triple-double today because the pace is so much slower. I think the players are better, um, and I just think it's more difficult to do it today, especially as a 6'3 point guard. And um, so I'm hats off to Russ. He deserves the MVP. And I do think at the end of the day, he's going to get it. Follow him on Twitter at Chris underscore Broussard. That's at Chris underscore Broussard, Fox Sports 1, NBA Insider. Check out his latest In the Zone podcast as well, his official regular season awards ballot, including MVP again. That's the latest on the In the Zone podcast. You can click the link at the top of Chris's Twitter page. Chris, as always, man, appreciate it. We'll talk next week, buddy. Have fun. All right, brother. See you. All right, there goes Chris Broussard. Always good stuff with him. First thing he says, it's disrespectful to the NBA what the Nets are doing. I'll tell you, that independent doctor idea, patent pending, patent pending. I already got somebody else with a job now. I'm the independent doctor that evaluates players to see if they're telling the truth when they say they're not healthy enough to play. Groin pull, huh? Well, we'll see about that. 877-99 on Fox, 877-996-6369. More NBA on the way, but coming up next, Something it took until today, April 12th, at 7.10 p.m. Pacific time for me to get absolutely sick of in sports. Fox. Fox Sports Radio, the Jason Smith Show. Mike Harmon has the night off. He's in Chicago somewhere doing something. (laughs) Nine minutes to go in the fourth quarter. The Clippers lead Sacramento 91-77 with a win. The Clippers clinch the four seed in the Western Conference, meaning they'd have home court advantage over the Jazz in their first round playoff series. We'll keep you updated on that. We'll have more NBA coming up in a little bit less than 10 minutes from now, but it took until tonight, April 12th, 2017, 7.12 p.m. Pacific time, where I got completely sick of the Cubs. I'm done with the self-important Chicago Cubs. I'm finished. You know, they win the World Series last year, and now suddenly it's like, look at what a great achievement this was, and now it's so important, and we're all so important to each other, and we all love each other, and now we're going to continue to show each other that despite the fact now we're really starting to piss people off. You had the opening night ceremony at Wrigley Field on Monday against the Dodgers. They have to sit around and wait for a couple hours because there's rain, nothing you can do. But the Cubs decide, oh, hey, let's troll the Dodgers by showing when we knocked them out of the playoffs last year. We're not going to show the fans the World Series. We're going to show them we knocked the Dodgers out of the playoffs. That's, that's awful nice. Oh, but look, at everybody loves us. We're so nice. Oh, here you go, Dodgers. Here's a troll. No, I see through you, Cubs. This is why I'm sick of you. Then they decide we're not just raising the flag for winning last year. No, now it's time to raise the flag for 2007. We're going to raise the flag for 2008. We're going to raise the pennant for 2016. All of it. And we're going to bring former players back. Billy Williams is there to do it. Ryan Sandberg is there to do it. And now we're finally going to hoist the World Series flag. And then every member of the team gets a pull to hoist the flag up. It, at some point, you're like, really? It's it, Really? Really? Then Rizzo comes out, he holds the trophy out, they bring it on the field, everybody cheers. 
oh my God, just stop with this self-importance. I mean, really, you know, you're not it. You're not the only game that anybody cares about. But the Cubs are just, oh my God, we're so, but everybody loves us. We're the Cubs. We should do this. But here's why I got sick of the Cubs today. Why today was the day. Sick of the Cubs today. Today was the day. Because with a day off yesterday, no, no, no. The Cubs still had more ceremony and more hardware to give out before the game against the Dodgers tonight. Two nights ago, we raised the first World Series championship banner here at Wrigley Field. Tonight, we celebrate another historic milestone as we present the 2016 Wait a minute. Wait, 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 wait. There's another thing you have to celebrate? Oh, the rings. Everybody's got to get the rings now, now. A little history. The first championship ring was awarded in the 1920s following a tradition of presenting watches, stick pins, Because everybody needs to know this. Now, here's the history of World Series rings. Get your pens and Tonight, papers out, kids. There will be a quiz after. It doesn't matter. The guy's still talking. Presented to Chicago Cubs players. And it so is there we go. Now they get their rings. Couldn't the do that on Monday night. No, 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 no. We're going to raise the flag, and then we're going to get the rings. Normally, when a team gets their rings, it's in a pregame ceremony, and it's usually not even televised because this is just how it goes. But because everybody wants to shove the Cubs down our throats, we're going to wind up hating the Cubs. I'm at that point already. It's April 12th, okay, because – ESPN, every single television outlet, the Cubs are on Sunday Night Baseball all the time. I understand, but we're all going to be sick of the Cubs. I'm here now. You will get here eventually with me. I'm you know, the, the self-importance of just how every now we have a separate night for the ring. I'm sure there's going to be a separate ceremony in the next game. Well, all the bartenders have to get their uh, rings because they poured so many drinks in Wrigleyville, and uh, we're going to have fans come in, and fans are going to get their own rings. I mean, really, I feel like that's what's going to happen. So now the Cubs get their rings tonight, and the fans, 20 fans, win a contest to come give the rings to the Cubs. Just stop. I get milking things. I understand, but just stop. I'm done. I'm done with the Cubs. I'm done. Now now I hope they lose every game. They lost tonight to the Dodgers. I'm glad. I hope they lose every game now. Oh, but we're so good, and everybody loves us. I don't know what's happening. The Jason Smith Show live from the Geico Studios. Oh, we're getting fake breaking news coming in here. Hang on one second. Golden headphones, what do you have? I'm being told that the Cubs are going to honor, before their game with the Dodgers, their afternoon game tomorrow, they're going to honor Monday night's team for scoring three runs. (laughs) And who could forget Anthony Rizzo's single on opening night to beat Kenley Jansen and the Dodgers? Here's a ring, Rizzo. It was the first time in 108 days that he choked up on a bat. It never ends. Well, you have to be feeling pretty uh, pretty good right now, considering on ring ceremony night the Dodgers beat the Cubs. Yeah, Brandon McCarthy basically Greg Maddox them the night. Oh, man. Was he brilliant. And wait a minute. Something happened that reminded me of something in this game. Hang on a second. The Dodgers were up one nothing. They scored their second run when Chase Utley came all the way around from first on an error. He slid into home plate. Hector Rondon tried to make the tag for the Cubs. 
and he wound up getting hurt and getting it's knocked broke. out of the it's game. Broke. It's broke. Where it's have broke. I seen that it's before? Broke. Frostburg, can you, can you look up the last time Utley slid into a base and the player got hurt that would as be a result? Can the last it? time a Met player cried in public. Oh, wow. No, well, hang on. Yeah, because Flores cried before that. Okay, that's fine. Uh, here's the play in question where Chase Utley comes all the way around from first. The Cubs playing Little League Baseball tonight. Here's a 3-2. Swung on and missed strike three. Dropped by Contreras. Throws to first and it gets past Rizzo. Down the line. Here comes Utley to the plate and the throw. He's safe. Ah, oh, look at this. I am cracking a beverage. Chase Utley comes in. Slides in. Hang on. I mean, they got to know better than to get in his way by now. Yeah, you just point Chase Utley to them. Because he was coming in pretty hard on that slide. He was coming in he's pretty 40. hard. He's a man. Yeah. And Rondon doesn't really know how to cover home plate. It wasn't a dirty play. It was just a result of him not standing in the right spot. And he kind of backs off the throw. Utley didn't come in. I mean, Utley hit the – I don't think he, con- he came in contact with him. But it was just a hard slide, and somebody got hurt as a result. Wasn't dirty at all. Utley plays the game the right way. Uh, Really? 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 Really, 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 really. Eight seven seven ninety nine on Fox Twitter at How About a Fresca Twitter at How About a Fresca the Jason Smith Show. I'm done. Trust me, you will get there with the cup at some point. Just remember, remember the day and the time when you realize I'm sick of the Cubs. April twelfth, seven twelve p.m. Pacific time. Now, whether it's a first or seventh round pick, drafting the right player is the key to success. That six foot four wide receiver or speedy edge rusher can take a team to new heights or a quarterback. If you need a quarterback, draft a quarterback. The same goes for your business or department. Finding the right talent makes all the difference. When you need to hire, where do you go to scout talent? ZipRecruiter.com. You can't find top talent by posting your job to just one site. You need to post your job on all the top job sites, and now you can with ZipRecruiter. With ZipRecruiter, instantly distribute your job to 200-plus job boards across the web, including social media networks like Facebook and Twitter, all with one click. ZipRecruiter then identifies potential candidates and notifies them about your job in a matter of minutes. Oh, look, there's a quarterback. Let's go get him. He's right there. He doesn't mind playing in Cleveland. Don't get stuck without the right lineup. Discover today why ZipRecruiter has been used by businesses of all sizes, nationwide and right now my listeners can kick off their hiring on ZipRecruiter for free just go to ziprecruiter.com slash smith that's ziprecruiter.com slash smith try for free today ziprecruiter.com slash smith ziprecruiter.com slash smith and hopefully you can find what you're looking for coming up in one minute is it the end of an era for an nba superstar Felicia. Don't play the, don't play the by Felicia. By Felicia. Wait, you know what, Frostberg? You know what? Wait till, the, wait till the Knicks trade Carmelo to the Lakers for Randall and Russell next year. Where do you see that happen? Oh, they can have Russell. I'm done with him. <laughs> the Jason Smith Show, live from the Geico Studios. Call one eight hundred nine four seven auto. Find out how much you can save on auto insurance. So tonight may have been the final game. For the Knicks, for Carmelo Anthony. Wasn't Goodbye. expected to play. I'm going to kick your ass, Tight Shirt. I'm going to kick. He's still my hero for 2003. 
Wasn't expected to play. Sat out the last couple of games as the Knicks are looking to their future. And guys like Willie Hernan Gomez, he's going to be pretty good. But he wanted to play just in case it was his last game. He scores 17 points. He sits out the fourth quarter after the game is over. He's signing autographs for fans courtside. He's, he's giving away merchandise and, and, and memorabilia to them. I love Mello, which makes what I'm going to say next really difficult. But I love Mello. And now they're banging each other. <laughs> uh, let's see. After we won in 2003, New Orleans, we're all drunk. Yeah, maybe. Here's Mello after the game first on his future. When you think about your future with the Knicks, I mean, what are the things that are important to you? Uh, winning. Winning. Uh, if, if, if everybody's committed to that, then I'm, I'm committed to that, too. Uh, I, I want to win. Uh, and then hopefully everybody else has that same type of mindset. Wait a minute, wait. We're going to play that again because I know exactly where the reporter should have jumped in on Mello. But play, play it again, When Alex. you think about your future with the Knicks, I mean, what are the things that are important to you? Uh, winning. Winning. Uh, uh, so this was your last game then with the Knicks, if winning is one important to you because they're not doing any of it. That's what I would have jumped in. That's all you need from Carmelo. That's all you need. Here's why it pains me to say this about Mel. Because, look, I love him. Like I said, you know me, Syracuse, championship, Knicks are my team. Brought me. I mean, you know how I feel about Melo. The entire Carmelo Anthony era with the Knicks, this is the best way to describe it. It was a waste. It was missed opportunities on both sides. Neither side capitalized on Carmelo Anthony being a Nick. He was supposed to be the star. He was supposed to be the one to bring balance to the force. He was supposed to be the star who brought other stars to New York. He was supposed to be, it's now our time now, but Carmelo Anthony could never do that. He couldn't bring anybody else to New York. Nobody wanted to play with him because on the court, his game doesn't mesh with anyone. He's a guy that needs isolation and needs the ball, and he's an odd fit anywhere. He was always a great scorer, but that's it. That's when he was in Denver. He didn't play a lot of defense. One series in the playoffs, he played defense in Denver. Whoa! Now this is good. Mello's going to get it now. He's got it now. No. This is who he is. He's a one-dimensional player. He's a great scorer. He's one of the best scorers that ever lived, but that's what he does. That's not making a team better. That's just a guy that's going to score points. So nobody came to the Knicks. As a result, the Knicks spun their wheels. When Lynn Sanity came and Jeremy Lynn took over, you saw exactly how easy it was to push Mello to the background because Jeremy Lynn was leading the Knicks to victories when Lynn Sanity first came about. That was the first time when you saw, all right, maybe Mello's not the best fit here, and the Knicks continued to underachieve. And then finally, they could have gotten out. A couple of years ago, when he was a free agent, the Bulls wanted him. Other teams wanted him because it's still at that point they thought he's the missing piece for us. Melo's that missing piece. They could have let him go to Chicago. Chicago would have taken him. They wanted him. They want. But no, for some reason, passing understanding, Phil Jackson inexplicably says, "No, we need you." Here's 127 million dollars, and Melo stays because he wants to stay. And what you were doing was signing up for more mediocrity and not making the playoffs. I mean, come on, how many years in a row can you not make the playoffs in the NBA when you realize if your best player can't carry you there, how good is your team? Is it the playoffs yet? I'm not saying you got to get to the three seed, but come on, you got to get to the playoffs. I mean, the, the top the top near two-thirds of each division of each conference makes the playoffs, and the Knicks can't do it. Melo, you can't lead your team to the playoffs. That's a big warning sign. It's a big warning sign. 
They could have walked away, and instead they signed up for two more years now. And now if they can trade him, hey, awesome. Phil Jackson, as bad as he's been for the Knicks, because, look, in three years since he's taken over, where have the Knicks been? Not one playoff game. Can't even sniff it. They're 20 games under five hundred. If he can somehow pull off a trade for Mello, hey, he'll be executive of the year. I know where he's, he's going to trade him to. He's going to trade him to the Clippers because the Clippers will play this first round of the playoffs against the Jazz. They'll lose, and the Clippers are going to realize, okay, we have to do something. We can't sit here and, and, and have three All-Stars every year and not get out of the first or second round of the playoffs. And we, we, can't, we, we can't have it. you got three All-Stars every year. Paul and Blake and DeAndre Jordan. You got to realize we need a different mix. They're going to pony up for Carmelo. Whatever it is, whatever it turns out the Knicks get, that's what they're going to get. That's where Carmelo goes. He'll go to the Clippers. So this whole time, is this whole era was just a waste because the Knicks never got better. They never reached any heights. They never brought in any players that you could say, okay, the Melo effect will help us because he brought in so-and-so and this guy's still pretty good and now he's going to live. No, that didn't happen. The two best Knicks you have you're going to surround your team with are Porzingis and Hernan Gomez. That's it. Because he's going to wind up getting a lot of votes for Rookie of the Year. He's been phenomenal the last month and a half. That's really your future. Those are your two players. That's your future in New York. The Knicks are exactly where they are before they got Melo. And Melo's career is exactly where it was when he came to New York. He's a scorer, but he's not going to lift the team any, any higher. That's where he was. That's where he is right now. The entire era has been a waste. It's, it's both sides. It's not just mellow. It's both sides. But that's where you're at. And it pains me. It's tough for me to say that. But I got to tell the truth. 877-99 on Fox. 877-996-6369 or on Twitter at How About a Fresca. That's on Twitter at How About a Fresca. Coming up next, a big story out of the NFL, the Jason Smith Show right here, Fox Sports Radio. The Jason Smith Show, Fox Sports Radio. We are live from the Geico Studios. Well, the NBA playoff schedule now set. The Clippers with the victory tonight over the Kings. They will open up at home against the Utah Jazz. Game one Saturday night at Staples Center. Game one for the Lakers. Hang on. Hang on. November 2nd. We'll get to a big story in the NFL coming up in a couple minutes. But just I've been waiting to play this audio all night long. Before the season opener in Cleveland, yeah, you see there's been stories the last couple of days about the Indians moving forward, wanting to replace their mascot, which many people believe the Indians' chief Wahoo is, is racist. And we've had this discussion for the last few years in Major League Baseball. Well, before the opener in Cleveland, there were people and fans outside the stadium picketing, demonstrating, protesting the usage of Chief Wahoo as the Indians mascot. And one of the local news crews was there. There weren't a lot of people protesting, but the audio that the news crew got, oh my goodness, just started to make its way out into the world today. This from our friends at Deadspin. And I say this because Deadspin hates me. They always have. Um, Here's audio of one fan walking into the game, walking past the protesters. He's wearing a Dallas Cowboys jacket. And this is what he had to say to the protesters who were saying, hey, Indians got to give up their logo. Save the chief! Save the chief! You got three people protesting. You got three people protesting. Big deal. Go 
try. It's a caricature. Get over it. Get up. You think everybody, you think every Irish person rags on a Notre Dame logo? You're a jerk. Don't tell me to shove up. Who the f are you, loser? You're a f loser. You think every Irish person that's like the Notre Dame guy? Oh, my God. It's a caricature. Yeah, that's not a good way to make a description of, of you want to prove your point. You just say it's a caricature. Oh, you're making fun of Native American Indians. Oh, 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 I'm sorry. Yeah, because that's okay. Yeah, yeah. It's a caricature. It's okay to make fun of it. I mean, come on, it's not really representative. We're just making fun of American Indians by showing a caricature of what we think American Indians look like. Oh, my God, what a meathead that guy was. You are a meathead. What a meathead. And then he goes right to the Irish. Wait, play that. I want to hear that part again, Alex Tyson, just real quick. Save the chief! Save the chief! You got three people protesting. You got three people protesting. Big deal. Go try. It's a caricature. Get over it. Get up. You think everybody, you think every Irish person rags on a Notre Dame logo? <laughs> I'm going right to the Irish and the Notre Dame logo, and you can't stop me. Oh, God. you know, every time I think, hey, you know, we've advanced a lot in the last 150 years. Nope, nope, nope. Sometimes we're right back where we are. It's a caricature. We're making fun of it. What do you mean that's not okay? Duh. I love Notre Dame. Twitter and how about a fresco? The Jason Smith Show live from the Geico Studios. Great news. Great news. There's a quick way you can save money. Switch to Geico. Go to geico.com and in 15 minutes, you could save 15% or more on car insurance. Big story out of the NFL today. We got our first guarantee of the 2017 season. Jarvis Landry of the Dolphins predicted that this season Miami will sweep the New England Patriots both games they play them. Making the comments in an interview with Sports Illustrated's Monday morning quarterback, Jarvis Landry said, quote, if you're a competitor, that's the way you should feel, and I don't mind saying it. It's time for a change, like he's running for office. I have all the respect in the world for the Patriots, and I respect Tom Brady tremendous, but they're not our big brother anymore. I can understand where People look at this and go, oh, my God, Jarvis Landry, are you stupid? Come on, man. Really? It's it's April. The draft hasn't even happened yet. No one has swept the Patriots in the division since 2002. No one's won both games in 15 years. And you're talking about a team coming off a Super Bowl. Yes, one that was given to them, but they're coming off winning the Super Bowl. However, I like this. I like this a lot because I learned a very valuable lesson a long time ago, when I was uh, Alex, Tyshirt, my music, please. Am I gonna have that for me? When I was, uh, when I was working back at ESPN in production, I was working on a show called NHL Tonight, which was on the air for a long time. I, you know me, big hockey fan. I worked on the show. Bill Pito was the host. Barry Melrose is on the show, and I'll never forget when it came time for the playoffs. And, you know, all of us were going out doing interviews with different teams as we got ready for the playoffs and all. I'm going to go to New York and interview some Rangers players, and I'm going to go here to interview – well, not interview any Whalers players. 
and I'm going to go here to interview some players in Boston for stuff. Barry Melrose said to me, do me a favor. When you go interview the players, ask them if they're talking about winning the cup and what they're saying. And I said, why? He said, just, just do it and then come back and tell me. And I said, all right, sure. So I went and I asked some, some of the players, and I forget who said what, but I came back and said, all right, well, you know, the Bruins said they were talking about it, but the Rangers didn't. He goes, yeah, Rangers won't win the cup. I said, why? He goes, because you can't win the Stanley Cup if you're afraid to talk about it. If you're thinking about the playoffs in, in, in the version of here's a round and here's another round and we're just trying to win rounds and get there, we're not thinking about winning the Cup, you have to understand what it takes to win the Stanley Cup. And you have to talk about winning the ultimate prize in sports, and that's the Cup. You can't win if you're afraid to talk about it, if you think it's something that's just kind of out there and it'll happen. You don't have to think about it. You have to think about it. You're not going to beat the Patriots if you don't think this way. You're not going to. And you know yeah, I feel about the Dolphins as a Jets fan, but I love that Jarvis Landry does this. I love that every team says, listen, we're taking you guys down. Whether it happens or not, you got to think you can do it before it happens. What do you got, Golden Headphones? But why give Tom Brady or the Patriots extra motivation here? That's that's beyond stupid. Yeah, but but do you think Tom Brady's going to throw any of more course, touchdowns? anything those guys can get their hands on to motivate them any more. If they, they were, already have the Dolphins plays. But if they were, that's why they don't need motivation. They have the plays ahead of time. Eh, whatever Jarvis Landry said, he's fun. I have no knowledge of anything. Twitter at How About a Fresca. If I thought the Patriots were a team that needed motivation, I would say you're right, but they don't. Keep talking, Jarvis Landry. Keep talking. The Jason Smith Show coming up next. We get back into the biggest story of the NBA, final night of the regular season. Well, somewhere Rob Lowe is happy. Hey, someone remembers my commercials. I mean, I'm sure Rob Lowe is happy because he's the Lakers GM and they lost tonight. It is the Jason Smith Show live from the Geico Studios where 15 minutes can save you 15% or more in car insurance. For more info, visit geico.com. Real quick update, Major League Baseball. The Angels have the Rangers right where they want them, down five runs in the bottom of the ninth inning. Is Sam Dyson warming up? Is Sam Sam Dyson warming up? I'd love to see it. The Angels have three walk-off wins this week, a big one last night against the Rangers. And right now with a five-run lead, top of the ninth, the leadoff batter gets on, and the pitching coach comes out for a mound conference. <laughs> you talk about a team with absolute zero confidence right now. All right, we have a leadoff single. Let's get out here. Let's get out here. Everybody knows what happened last night. You got a five-run lead. It's a five-run lead. Now let's get out there. Oh, man. I'll tell you what. Just real quick. I know the Angels don't have a lot of pitching. Uh, when you, when you, can, when you can call Matt Shoemaker your race, I get it. But, boy, do they hit the baseball. They got a lot of guys that can hit that are solid. It's not just Trout and Pujols, Calhoun, Escobar. These guys can hit. This could be one of those good Angels years. You know, we got into it a little bit last night after the walk-off win, but watch out in the AL West. For the Angels. It's, it's, it's feast or famine for them. They either get out early and they're a really good team and they stay in it all season long or they don't contend. This looks like it might be a good Angels year. I know it's only a weekend, but certainly the chemistry this team has, the walk-off wins they have, this might be that kind of season. You can always get pitching if you need to. We'll have more baseball on the way because, you know, hey, I'm already sick of the Cubs after tonight, and I'm sure you are too. But... A big night in the NBA. Final night of the regular season. The games are in the books. The next thing we'll be talking about is the NBA playoffs. 
and you have your fair share of big stories from tonight. The most recent story, we have the Clippers winning over the Sacramento Kings, so they have home court advantage first round of the playoffs against the Utah Jazz. The Celtics win because the Bucks decide to rest three of their best players, including Greek Freak. So Boston wins. They claim the number one seed in the Eastern Conference. But the real story is at the bottom of the Eastern Conference and the battle up until tonight for the number eight seed. You had Chicago and Miami coming into tonight tied for the eighth seed. Chicago had the tiebreaker. So if Chicago won, they go to the playoffs. Miami, who was as good, maybe the best team in the NBA, the last full half of the season, they were that good, needed a favor by the Brooklyn Nets. And the Nets said, yeah, screw you. The Nets decided to rest six players in tonight's game against the Bulls. Three were dinged up. Three, including Brooke Lopez, were healthy scratches. So what happened as a result? Well, let's find out as you hear the final call of a tight one between the Chicago Bulls and the Brooklyn Nets. Fred Hoiberg headed to the playoffs for the first time in his two-year coaching career. The Bulls will finish 41 and 41. Bulls win at 112.73. Bulls win. Bulls win. Bulls win. And the regular season is over, and the Chicago Bulls are headed to the playoffs. What a great comeback by this Miami Heat team. Started 11 and 30. They closed 30 and 11, and will end the season up with a record of 500. 110, 102, the final score as Miami beats Washington and sweeps the four game season series. So there it is. You had Bulls and Heat Radio Networks on the call. So the Bulls are in the playoffs. They get the Boston Celtics. The Miami Heat goes home and go, boy, if we just had one more game, a team nobody wanted to play because they were that good the last 41 games of the regular season, as you heard there, closing 30-11. and 11. And it's not the fact that had the Nets played all their players, they would have beaten the Bulls. They probably wouldn't because, look, the Nets stink. Playing all their best players, they won 20 games this year. You could argue they've been off for a long time. But to decide to sit your players on the final night of the regular season, when you have months and months of rest coming up, what is that? That's embarrassing. That's a slap in the face to the NBA to say, yeah, we're not going to put our guys out there for an honest effort. But it's the final night of the regular season, and it means a lot to a lot of people. Whether you're playing against the Celtics, whether you're playing against the, the Bulls, you're playing against the Heat, no, 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 we don't care. That's a huge slap in the face. And I can't believe that they got away with it. And Adam Silver has done nothing. Nothing. Because he's got no guts. Absolutely no guts. What needs to happen, we'll tell you about in a minute. But first, here's Heat coach Eric Spolster about how horrible a defeat this was with the Heat not going to the playoffs. I wish I had something for this team just to... to keep this thing going. Uh, I think the hardest thing for any of us to wrap our minds around uh, is that we don't have practice tomorrow at 12. Um, it, it just doesn't feel right. It doesn't feel like the basketball gods <laughs> um, shine down on us. I think probably our group wants to be in there uh, arguably as, as, as much as any other, as much as any team uh, in the playoffs. I get how upset he is. He, you know, we went on to talk about how this is like getting knocked out of the NBA Finals. Maybe it was a little bit over the top. You're talking about the Finals and going into the playoffs. So let, let's just realize where you're at. But 
you didn't even get a chance because the Nets decide the games aren't important. And this is the straw that Adam Silver should say, okay, now this is the last one. I have to stand up, and instead of being a buddy to all the NBA players, because that's what Adam Silver is. Now, you may love Adam Silver. I know exactly what he is. He's somebody that wants approval. He wants to be popular. He doesn't want to be David Stern. He doesn't want to have have the players not like him. He doesn't want to go to war with the players because he doesn't think he can win because he doesn't have a spine. He wants to do and will do whatever the players want, and that's why the players are doing what they are. They're walking all over him. With LeBron James basically spitting in the league's face by saying, yes, I need time off, but I'm going to go out and party in Miami of a game I'm not going to play the next night. Not that guys don't go out and party. They go out and party all the time. But LeBron knows what this optic is going to be. He knows how that's going to play, and he's still saying, screw you. This is how mad I am at the NBA with stupid back-to-back games. I'm going to go out and make this a story that I'm partying on Sunday night, but I need rest the next night when we're going out for the number one seed in the Eastern Conference. This is how bad it is that all the players said, we're just going to do this. And teams now are saying, yeah, we're not going to play our guys for whatever reason. The Nets have no reason to not play their best players. None. But still they didn't do it. And still nothing from Adam Silver. He needs to stand up and have a press conference. And I would have immense amount of respect for him, more than I do right now, because right now he's just a pushover. He's a parent that doesn't want a parent. He wants to be the friend to his kid, but doesn't want to actually have discipline. I mean, I understand that. Look, as a parent, I don't ever want to have to discipline my daughter or say anything bad to her. I, I want to be I want to hang out with her all day and do everything, and I'm very lucky I get to do that. I Every day I say to myself, I can't believe Every day I get to hang out with her, pick her up from school. We get to go out and do things. But if I need to be a parent, I need to say something and go, okay, i got to put my foot down. You can't have chocolate. You're going to bed early. That's it. No more iPad. Whatever it is, got to be that parent because I'm a parent. Adam Silver just wants to be the friend parent that lets the kid just walk all over them and say, oh, you know what, whatever you do. And then what happens? The kid just keeps testing boundaries. Well, if I got away with this, I can get away with this. I had a cookie when I wasn't supposed to, and Dad didn't yell at me, so now I'm going to go have another cookie. And I'll have another cookie. And then now I'll have three cookies. Now I'll have five cookies. Now I'll have ten Another cookies. one. Dad's not going to say anything. That's what the NBA players are doing right now. They are pushing their boundaries slowly and seeing what can I get away with because the commissioner is not going to stop us. It would it, If David Stern was still in charge of the NBA, the minute all those players rested for Saturday night, that game between the Warriors and the Spurs, that would never have happened. Once the plan got out that the Spurs were going to rest their guys and the Warriors were going to rest their guys, David Stern would have stepped in and said, oh, no, these guys are healthy, they play. And you'll face league discipline if you don't do it. Teams might not have liked it, but he'd have done it. Because you know what? He was a parent. He understood what needed to be done. And that would have been it. And there wouldn't have been any more of it. But because that happened and everybody got away with it, well, then I'm going to rest. I'm, why not? I'm going to rest. I'm going to rest. I'm going to rest. We're going to sit. LeBron James, three games away, the Cavaliers were from first place overall in the Eastern Conference. Then they decide, oh, we don't want it. Yeah, we're going to sit. LeBron's going to sit the last couple of games. It was stupid. What Adam Silver needs to do, if I was advising him from a PR perspective, I would say, Dude, nobody respects you. This is what you have to do. You have a press conference tomorrow, and you say, all right, I was going to work with you guys for next year. going to work with you on back-to-backs. I get it. I don't like back-to-backs, but, you know, we have to have it in the schedule because that's the way it goes. But now you guys have embarrassed the NBA. He went to the owners' meetings 
what, two weeks ago and talked to them about sitting players. And more players are sitting now than before he actually spoke to them. Nobody listens to him. They tune him out. He's got to stand up and say, all right, enough is enough. You're embarrassing the NBA. You embarrass me. You're disrespectful. So here's the new rule. If you are healthy, if you are coming off a game in which you finish the game and you're healthy and you sit out, second game of back-to-back, you sit out a game, you're fined. You lose a game check. You get a big fine. It's going to be six figures because you need to play. And if you come out of a game healthy and then it's the second night of a back-to-back or whatever the circumstances are and you say you're injured, then you're going to be examined by an independent doctor. And if the doctor says you're healthy, you play. If not, you get fined. Because you know exactly what the players are going to make up. All right, well, Let's just say LeBron's got an elbow. Let's just say it's a it's a it's a tweak of a toe. Let's just say it's a groin pull. Something you can't really tell. Oh, my quad is tight. I couldn't play. No, no. You get examined by a doctor because now you've gone from okay, you want to work with me. Now you want to steamroll me. And I understand Chris Broussard's point, who joined us last hour on the show, that it's hard when you go from hey, I'm buddy buddy to suddenly being a you know a stand a stand up guy to, to to lay down the law. But you have to do it. Or his rule isn't even good. He's not even going to be the commissioner. LeBron will be the commissioner of the NBA. I mean, forget about being the GM of the Cavaliers, which he's proven to be pretty bad at. Forget about it. No, he'll be the real GM. Yeah, He'll stick around forever. Everything he wants is what's going to happen. Adam Silver will go, yes, I had meetings and talked to people, and that's exactly how it's going to go. You stand up and you have a spine. And you, and you make sure the NBA is not, well, whatever the players want is what's going to happen. He's not going to do it because he should have done it by now. David Stern, what if any other league would have done it? Can you imagine in the NFL if it's coming down to the final day of the regular season and one team that's going to the playoffs is playing against another team that's playing for playoff seeding? Say you have the Giants playing the Seahawks and they're going to play in Seattle and the Seahawks are playing for first place in the NFC, and the Giants, who are going to the playoffs, decide, ah, we're going to sit Eli Manning, we're going to sit Odell, we're going to sit Brandon Marshall. Yeah, they're not going to make the trip. Well, can you imagine the outrage in the NFL from that, from the teams that are affected? Can you imagine if the Jets, who stink, final game of the regular season, they're going into Miami, and Miami is, is if they win, they're in the playoffs, and the Jets decide, ah, you know, it's a meaningless game, we're not going to play Trubisky. We're not going to play – well, the Jets don't have many good players. We're not going to play Big Cat. Leonard Williams isn't going to play. Muhammad Wilkerson's not going to play. Eric Decker's not going to play. All these guys. Now, you know, there's no reason. Yeah, we're resting them because, you know, the, can you imagine what that would be? you imagine the, the, the uproar that would be from whatever team was fighting out with Miami for the playoffs? But this is the NBA. This is what Adam Silver has cultivated since he failed to stand up during the Donald Sterling situation, and say, I will figure out the best course of action. He allowed the players to dictate that Sterling is out in a day or we're not playing, and not that he didn't make the right call by kicking Donald Sterling out. He did, but he allowed the players to dictate that. Since that moment, Adam Silver has had no spine. He stood up for nothing. He's done absolutely nothing. Stand up and do it. Got to do it now. This is the most embarrassing story in the NBA this year, what the Nets did tonight. Absolutely embarrassing. Twitter at How About a Fresca. Twitter at How About a Fresca, the Jason Smith Show. Mike Harmon has the night off. He is drunk somewhere. 
in Chicago. If you think a train will stop if it sees your car on the tracks, you're right. It will about a mile after it hits you. Stop because trains can't. Coming up next on the Jason Smith Show right here on Fox Sports Radio, two big stories out of Major League Baseball. And I know I'm going to sound like a hypocrite, but you know what? I'm unpredictable. I'm very, very excited about it. Shut up, Tim. Fox. Oh, the king without a crown. Metzio. Fox Sports Radio, the Jason Smith Show. Good news, good news, good news. Here's a quick way you can save money. Switch to Geico. Go to geico.com, and in 15 minutes, you could save 15% or more on car insurance. I'm unpredictable. I like to think that about myself, and I think, you know, listening to the show, you probably know that about me. Mike Harmon has the night off. He's drunk. He's very predictable. (laughs) I'm officially sick of the Chicago Cubs. I'm sick of their self-importance and their, look, we're all wrapped up in this great moment, and it's a big love affair that everybody needs to stop and pay an homage to. The last three nights have been embarrassing. Opening night for Wrigley Field against the Dodgers, and they have every player pull the banner to the rafters and, and the rafters to the, to the top of the stadium, top of the flagpole. They decide now we're going to also lift all the championship pennants up to the top of the flagpole, the 07 World Series team, the 08 World Series team, the 2016 pennant as well. We're having former Cubs legends come and help us do that. And it's just very self-important. Look, look at us. Everybody loves And Rizzo's walking around with a trophy. All right. Okay, that's the moment it was. And then tonight, no, no, no. Now we got to have a ring ceremony. And it's not just a ring ceremony because many teams have gotten ring ceremonies before that aren't even televised. But for some reason, the Cubs, no, no, no. This is very important. It's our ring ceremony. It's the first time for us. Oh, yeah. So they have this whole big ceremony against the Dodgers again. Make the Dodgers wait again after you trolled them opening night during the rain delay by showing Game 6 of the NLCS and Kershaw getting beat. No, no, now you're going to sit as we give out all the rings to our players and fans who won a contest get to come do it. I'm done. I'm done with the love for the Chicago Cubs. Everybody's going to get there. Everybody will get there. At some point this season, you'll be done with the Chicago Cubs too. Because they'll be on national TV on Saturday. They'll be on Sunday Night Baseball every night on Sunday. It'll be Cubs, and you're going to say, you know what, I'm done. I've had it with the Cubs. Last year was their year. It was magical. It was awesome. I'm done with the Cubs. I'm done with them being so self-important and so, oh, but, but it's like, but we, we need to do this. It's, it's, how, it's, it's what the world wants. No, I want you to now keep playing baseball, and we're moving on. This is not the Cubs victory tour. This is the 2017 Major League Baseball season. This is not brought to you by the Chicago Cubs, and every other team is a minor actor in the big Cubs play. Oh, and luckily, the Cubs get to play the Mets. Oh, I'm getting excited because the Mets play. This is the 2017 season. But no, no, we're going to make sure everything is great and done to the nines because we're the Cubs and we're a great story. I'm done. And I say this after being called out by Justin Frostberg earlier tonight. He says, all right, Jason. You're sick of the Cubs. I said yes. He said, I agree with you, but, and then you asked me to explain what the Mets do after they win a game. Yeah, what are the Mets doing? (laughs) Everybody has a belt, all right? The Mets used to have a thing where, and many teams did, where they gave the belt to the player of the game, and they held it until the next win, and they gave it off to another player. But because the belt has been done now, the Mets give a crown 
to the player of the game, <laughs> and the player of the game has to wear the crown during post-game interviews. So you're going to see when the Mets win, player wearing a crown doing his interviews after every game. That sounds very Disney. It is. It is. It is much for the first time in forever, and it is a little bit self-important. But you know, hey, it's the Mets, so I don't care. The Cubs, I, I Cubs, I don't like, but I'm unpredictable. That's why well, I, say I don't that. like the Mets. That's okay. I think it's a stupid idea. Do you like the Cubs and what they're doing? I can't stand the Cubs, and okay. I hope it takes them another 108 years to win again. <laughs> I hope they're all dead. Wow. I wouldn't go that far. Wow. Alex Teichert, you are really going to hell. You really I mean it. I hope you're comfortable. Go. You know what? Go full bore now the rest of your life because you're going to hell. Sounds good. Be that guy. Be that guy. You're one of the nicest people I've ever met in my life, but now you're <laughs> going to hell. Be that guy. I'm a different person when I play drops, Jason. Are you re- <laughs> Frostberg went for I hope they don't win you and I hope they're all dead that was Bob that wasn't me I, th- I think Harmon's rubbing off on you always bringing up the dead people that's so I'd be cool with the Mets King thing if it actually meant something other than here here your player of the game here it is you wear like, a crown like if you get that cr- you could wear a crown yeah your daughter can wear a crown that it's got no value. You're king for a day. What? What's wrong with that? No, if if it actually meant something, we're like, if you're actual king for a day, okay, you can go into Manhattan and drink for free, or uh, get into any strip club for free. I'm I'm pretty sure if you're a Met, you can. If you're a Met that had a big oh, game, you can do a strip of club flushing, for free. Nobody knows who you are. No, but you go to a flushing strip club. I'm sure there's good strip clubs in Queens. Ah. Uh, I mean, I don't know. I've never been to probably, one in Queens. Probably debatable. I've been to strip clubs in Syracuse. The, they were just okay. Spoiler alert. <laughs> I mean, maybe a lot has changed in 25 years. I don't know. Was Joe Biden on the stage back uh, then? As far as you know, he wasn't. Maybe I was sitting next to him. Maybe he was wearing a crown. But maybe, maybe one of the coach's wives. <laughs> oh, wow. see, now you're starting rumors. Now you're starting Alleged. rumors. Alleged. Yeah, all right, just making sure. But I don't mind. The, I like the crowns. Look, Zach Wheeler hadn't won a game in... Two years, wins a game tonight, he wears the crown. And he goes maybe to a strip bar after whatever it is. He's not paying for a drink. You can wear the crown or not wear the crown. It doesn't matter. So do they, do they go home with it? Do you have to bring it back the next day? Oh, yeah, How yeah. does this work? Do you yeah. have to check it out? No, no. You turn a hall monitor? <laughs> no, you take it. You bring it back. I think if you ruin it, then you have to pay for it, just like, you know, a library book. So what if you're not the star of the night? What do you get? You get nothing and like it. So you there's get, no, there's no like dunce cat. No, like Conforto tonight had three hits and scored three runs. You know, you get nothing. You get a Laurel and Hardy handshake, and that's it. Got to have the crown. It's what it is. And just think about that. If you were in a crown out, that's a conversation piece. Hey, how'd you get that crown? Hey, I would like to me show you how to get a crown. I mean, I don't know if that makes sense. The but only I, one in New York right now that should be wearing a crown is Aaron Judge. Uh, yeah, Judge. Okay, that's pretty. What about Mello? It's his last game tonight. He should be wearing a crown. All the money he took the Knicks for those last few years, he's the king. King of New he York. He has several crowns yeah. of pure gold. <laughs> Speaking of the NBA, Twitter at How About a Fresca, phone number 87799 on Fox. In one minute, we're going to play our end of the season NBA awards as only we can here on the Jason Smith Show. Uh, I had a feeling we were going to get this one. Taking you back to the magical year of 1986, King for a Day, the Thompson Twins. Fox Sports Radio, the Jason Smith Show. This goes out to Zach Wheeler. Wear the crown, Zach. Tom Looney doing the Macarena in his studio while heating up chicken at the same time. Uh, Since it is the final night 
in the regular season for the NBA. All the games in the books, all the playoff matchups are all set. I wonder if you're going to get teams resting people in the playoffs. That would be pretty awesome. Oh, Popovich, we're going to rest our guys for the first few games. That's yeah, okay. We're going to win. It's Memphis. What, what does it matter? Uh, time now for the 2016-2017 Ask Phil end of the season NBA awards. Ask Phil. Justin Frostberg <laughs> is going to give me a list of questions for the end of the season, what awards I would give out, and I'm either going to answer the question or instead punt on it and tell you to ask Phil. <laughs> All right, Frostberg, go ahead. What do you got? Your most surprising team in the NBA. My most surprising team in the NBA this year is actually San Antonio. I thought they'd barely make the playoffs. Their guard, the end of last season, they looked old. They looked done. They had no guard play to speak of, and they had no help coming. I'm like, they're going to be lucky to make the playoffs. Instead, here they are as the big threat to the Warriors in the Western Conference because of their style of play. They still have no guard play, but depth has done it for them. Everybody contributes. You know, I talk a lot about how the Clippers have the best bench in the NBA. This year, it's the San Antonio Spurs. People don't come off the bench for the Spurs and score 20 a game, but they have five guys that score eight points a game and dish out three or four assists. Between Ginobili and Patty Mills, it's a pretty good point guard combination. Don't have a lot of shooting guard, but when you have three guys playing a total of 45 minutes, you score 23 points, that's pretty good. Their strength is in the front court. But the Spurs surprised me this year. I did not think they were going to be this good. I'll go back and say when I was wrong about a prediction. That's what I was wrong about. They surprised me the most. They have won like 50 games 40 years in a row. But but last year, they looked so old in the playoffs last year. They, they had, I mean, guard play is so important now in the NBA. You can't just, you know, figure out, all right, our big guys are going to carry us. And Parker is old and Ginobili's not playing a but lot of minutes. those aren't even their stars anymore. It's no. Kawhi and Powell and... yeah. But you still have to have you still have to have good guard play and a lot of rest. They just yeah, <laughs> well that's their MVP. Pretty soon Popovich is going to say, "Hey, uh, I want to schedule with no back to backs," and he's going to get it because it's Popovich. All right, what's next? Award for best genie bus executive move of the year. The best genie bus executive move of the year. Uh well, instead of answering this, I will tell you to ask Phil. <laughs> <laughs> Because the first move she made was breaking up with him. Before she fired her brothers and hired Magic Johnson, she broke up with Phil Jackson. And she figured out the Lakers before Phil Jackson figured out the Knicks. Always going to stick with me. Most disappointing team in the NBA. Most disappointing team, Portland. They're like, Portland is like Golden State light. You You have Lillard and McCollum, they average 50 points a game. Crab is really good. He needs to. He needs more minutes. And still, you barely get to forty-one wins. I mean, they by, by themselves, Lillard and McCollum should have them in fourth place. They should be up where the Clippers are, fifty wins at least. They're better than the Wizards, and the Wizards are the team most comparable to them in the NBA. Yes, the Wizards play in the Eastern Conference. They get more. E- they get more easier games. But still, Portland should be much better than they are right now. Much. Be- they shouldn't be squeaking into the playoffs like they did. And they play the Warriors, right? Yeah, good luck. I believe Damian Lillard uh, said that the Blazers will win in six. All right, well, I hope I so. he's calling his shot. I, I hope he doesn't say, you know, we're going to get swept. That's going to be it. We're done. Walking away. Player that may make you forget about Kristaps Porzingis. 
the guy that may make me forget about Porzingis. I love Porzingis. Oh, Willie Hernan Gomez. The last month and a half, he has been phenomenal. He's been like Never a 15 heard of and, No, no, no. He's been like a 15 and 8 guy. He's been the one guy Phil Jackson has found where he can pat himself on the back and go, "Okay, I got Porzingis and I got Hernan Gomez." He's really good. You can build these are the two guys to build around now. If this was Melo's last game, you build around Porzingis, Hernan Gomez, you got a great forward and as he gets older, Porzingis is going to turn into Dirk. He just needs to continue to get stamina, get bigger. He's only 21 years old. He gets bigger, he gets older. Hernan Gomez is really good. Trust me. He's had more minutes the last month and a half. He's going to be a big-time player in the NBA. Speaking of Kristaps Porzingis, a player you would trade for him. That I would trade Porzingis away to get back? Yep. Instead of answering that question, I will tell you to... Ask Phil. (laughs) (laughs) I love Porzingis, man. I'm not trading him for anybody. Like I said, he's going to be Dirk. Best NBA game of the year. Oh, there are a lot of good games. I think of a couple just in the last week. That Hawks come back over the Cavaliers. But no, the best NBA game of the year is without a doubt the Magic Johnson Twitter game. There's nothing better. It's been two years we're doing it. People are trying to steal it and say it was their idea. Oh, they're doing it for a couple of months. We've been doing the Magic Johnson game for two years now. People try to steal all our stuff. That's the best game of the year, the Magic Johnson Twitter game. Magic, I hope he keeps tweeting during the playoffs so he can keep playing the game because he kind of been letting me down the last week or so. Your award for an ex-NBA star you take ahead of everyone else in a fight. Ooh, so any NBA, any former NBA star in a fight, who I would pick to win the fight? Yeah, Meta World Peace is technically, the Lakers just finished their last game. He's technically an ex-NBA star. (laughs) Dude, they tried to take last night. They let him take 10 three-pointers and they still won. (laughs) I don't know what you're talking about. (laughs) No, 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 Charles Oakley. Charles Oakley's a guy. Look, what, what writer did he almost run over in his car after the night at Madison Square Garden? I'm taking Charles Oakley. He's a tough SOB. I, Isola. Not, it was Isola. Yeah, Frank. That's right. It was Get Frank. Get the jump Isola. out of the way. <laughs> I'll take Oakley to fight over anybody. Still looks good in his 50s. I'll take Oakley. Me, me. <laughs> and lastly, your award for the worst NBA contract. Oh, well, I don't know that I need to actually answer that. Instead of answering it, I will tell you to. Ask Phil. <laughs> <laughs> or. Or just ask Mozgov. <laughs> I don't know what's worse because there's two contracts. There's Mello's contract and there's the contracts of Dang and Mozgov. $100 million to those two guys who you sat down the final 20 games of the regular season because you knew they stunk and you wanted to look at younger players. At the very least, the Knicks look like they'll be able to get out of Carmelo's contract. You know, I said earlier tonight, they couldn't do it at the deadline, but he'll wind up going to the Clippers because the Clippers will lose in the first round. They need a new mix of players. They'll say, all right, we have to do it. The Knicks won't get anything, but they'll get out from under the rest of Carmelo's contract. The Lakers, you are stuck with Mozgov and Dang. You are absolutely stuck with them. That was our first call in free oh, agency. That, that, that's Jim Buss's legacy. Hello, Here you it's go. Mitch Kupchak. <laughs> Mozgov, he probably had his phone off. No one's going to call me at midnight the first day of free agency. Hey, we're trying to get to you. Answer your phone. Mitch just left him a voicemail. We're signing you. (laughs)
We're going to fax over the contract. I know you haven't agreed, but look, who else is going to give you this money? We want the news cycle, and you'll get one of Jim Buss's hats. Congratulations. So there you go. There's the Ask Phil NBA Awards for 2016-2017. Maybe do some more as the course of the week goes on. Have some more uh, Ask Phil Awards. Ask Phil. (laughs) (laughs) Twitter at How About a Fresca, the Jason Smith Show live. From the Geico Studios. Hey, oh, wait, wait, wait. James Dolan, is Mike Harmon walking around Chicago drunk off his ass right now? Ask Phil. <laughs> <laughs> Coming up next, a very special play of the night and the only NBA first-round playoff series we actually need. All the other ones can go away. We can just vote to find out who wins all the other series. But there's one series we all need to see. We'll tell you about it. Next on Fox. Here's Tebow. Swing high. It's a deep. It is out of here. Oh, yeah. Fox Sports Radio. It's sexy time. Maybe you want to watch a replay of the Mets sweep of the Phillies. They stink. Rub yourself down with some hot oil. That's not hot oil. What is it? It's like water. The Jason Smith Show, Fox Sports Radio, foxsportsradio.com, and iHeartRadio. If you missed any of the show, don't worry. Pretty much right after the show is over, you can go to iTunes, Stitcher, download a podcast, whatever you want to listen to. The entire three hours is there. Rate it. Give us five stars. We will love you forever again. Pretty much right after the show is over, iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, however you want to listen to it, you can. Again, five stars. I love all of you. I will make love on a bed of clouds by myself. I'm just going to stop right there. A tie for play of the night coming your way in a couple of minutes. But first, let's be real. When it comes to the NBA playoffs in the first round, we're going to get a lot of excitement. But in the end, there's really only one series. I mean, you can try to dress up the Blazers and the Warriors and Damian Lillard talking up about how they're going to win, all this stuff. You can dress up any series in the East and all. Here's the Celtics and the Bulls and uh, the Celtics. Maybe they let down because they're not playing the Heat, who are better than anybody in the NBA the last 41 games of the season. I mean, they were one of the worst teams the first 41, but they closed 30-11. and That's a big end of the season. But there's only one series, Oklahoma City and Houston. That's it. You know me. Russell Westbrook's the MVP. It's not even close. He's been the MVP all season. Now people are starting to come around to it. Oh, well, all right. Now, Westbrook's been the MVP since December. He's got them in the playoffs. They had a really good record. It's just him. You have him switch places with LeBron James. They're not even 500, Oklahoma City. Have Russell Westbrook switch places with Steph Curry. They're not even sniffing 500. That's how good he's been. He's been the MVP. But if you want to say this, I'll be okay with it. MVP voters, put your pens away. Don't worry about mailing in your ballot. We don't need you. The winner of this first-round series, there's your MVP. There you go. Because really, what else do we need besides Harden versus Westbrook? That's it. Game one, Sunday night, 8 p.m. It's the game. It's the series. Everything else is window dressing. You can even just have people vote as to who they'd like to advance in the playoffs so we're not bogged down by all these other pesky stories and we can just concentrate on Westbrook versus Harden. That's it. That's all we're going to need. Nothing else. 
Vote. You want to have the Cavaliers lose in the first round? Great. Go ahead. Vote. Have them do it. They lose in the first round. They're out. But I don't want stuff that's going to mess with this series. Oh, we had a big buzzer beater here, and all right, oh, we got to talk about it. No, no. Westbrook and Harden. That's all we need. Live from the Geico Studios, time now for the play of the night. Great news, great news, good news, great news. A quick way you can save money. Switch to Geico. Go to geico.com, and in 15 minutes, you can save 15% or more on car insurance. Our first play of the night. Well, when you've toiled for the New York Knicks as long as Carmelo Anthony has, and you cash all those checks, and pretty much your entire time spent there is a waste because... The Knicks from the same spot now they were when they got you. You never brought them to great heights. They didn't have any big times to celebrate. The Carmelo Anthony era in New York was a waste. But, because I love Melo, and maybe it was his last game, the final introduction, possibly, of Carmelo Anthony as a Nick in Madison Square Garden. Don't play it. Don't play it. Bye, Felicia. Oh! I wish I could say something better about Melo. I wish I could say something better about him as a Nick, but really it's 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 a waste. It's Both sides didn't take advantage of the situation. There was no great time to say, well, he's gone, but at least we have that. I mean, what do we have? You have a 60-point game in the Garden, and even that, because Mike Woodson decides to sit him for most of the fourth quarter, he could have got to 70-75. Nope, could have had that. Nope. I mean, what do you have? His defense. Oh, oh wait. Oh, wait. I really hope the Lakers trade for him. I'll t- You know what? I'll take D'Angelo Russell for him, and I can't stand D'Angelo Russell. I'll take Russell for Carmelo Anthony, just so you have to have we'd him call If we had to do it over again, we'd call Mozgov over <laughs> Melo again. <laughs> Are you sure you want to talk to me again? Okay, I get another $60 million. Uh, the other play of the night comes to us. From the New York Yankees. If you thought Gary is scary was a bad enough home run call for Gary Sanchez, well, John Sterling may have topped himself, and that is hard to do. Here is the 1-1. Swung on and hit in the air to center. Back goes Kiermaier. He's on the track. He's at the wall. She's gone into Monument Park. It is Judgment Day. Aaron is judge and jury. A two-run mighty blast. I'm a cop, you idiot. <laughs> you didn't know I'm going to say that, did you? And, TJ, Aaron is judge and jury on Judgment Day. The judge with Robert Duvall and Robert Downey Jr. No junior for judge. Matt Drudge report has a lot of news. Mike Judge wrote Office Space. No space for that home run ball in Monument Park, TJ. I mean, really? That's that's where he goes. That's the best he could come up with. Judgment Day. Judgment Day. Yeah, I know. It's. I mean, really. I I think he needs to be replaced by Berman, who can do nicknames for people when they hit home runs. Oh, Berman's retired. Now you're still going to see him around. Look, I mean, he's doing movie reviews every now and then. Hey, oh, you know what? Hey, don't forget tomorrow night. Uh, no, Friday night, I think Berman's going to review Life for us because he went to go see Life. I'm excited about that. And, he, then, he got, and then he got a Life, right? And, oh, Afterwards. stop. 
you're, you know, you're going to miss Bert. The only place you can hear Berman and Vince Scully is here on the show. That's it. Back, 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 it's the only place. Twitter at How About a Fresca. That's Twitter at How About a Fresca. The Jason Smith Show. Mike Harmon off the next couple of nights as he is drunk in Chicago somewhere. Because I know he's up. I know he's up. His family, I said he's drunk like how many times tonight? Like 30 times on the show? I think I did. He's out at some, he's out somewhere having fun, I am sure. Ben Maller is coming up next. Going to take you out with a little bit of Charlie Murphy. Rest in peace. 57 years old. I'm sorry, Charlie Murphy. It was an accident. I was having too much fun. I'll offer you a truce. The stickiest of the icky. You want to smoke with the old boy Rick James? There it is. Fox Sports Radio, the Jason Smith Show. Ben Maller next. This is Fox Sports Radio. The following is a high five moment from highfivecasino.com. Welcome to Burger Yippee. Would you like a hot apple pie today? Yes, yes, yeah, I won. Woohoo! So that's a yes on the apple pie? I just went big time playing high five casino on my phone. Real cash prizes, free daily rewards, over 1,200 games. Yeah. So yes or no on the apple pie? Woo! I won again! I'll take that as a yes. Drive around. Have you had your high five moment today? Only at highfivecasino.com. High five casino is a social casino. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited. Play responsibly. Conditions apply. See website for details. High five casino. With your Amex card, entertainment benefits like special ticket access and pre-sales to select can't-miss events while supplies last, make every tap music to your ears. Your credit card should match your lifestyle. At Kemba Financial Credit Union, choose a card with benefits that work for you. For a limited time, all cards have 2% cash back on purchases and 0% interest on balance transfers for a year. Apply at Kemba.org. Restrictions apply. Offer ends June 30th, 2024. At Bed365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. A collision between a Chinese jet and an American spy plane. He came and rammed into our left wing. With relations increasingly strained, what are the chances of things spinning out of control? The Western world was asleep. I'm Gordon Carrera. I'll be exploring the friction in this most important of relationships and asking, has the West taken its eye off the ball? You cannot ignore China. From BBC Radio 4, this is Shadow War, China and the West. Listen wherever you get your podcasts.